0: What's up, guys? Don't ask me what that cheesy countdown was for. <laughs> it's an option on StreamYard, so I thought I'd give it a shot and see what it was all about. Not sure how I feel about that, but um, we'll let uh, some more people join up here. It's Monday night. I'm not expecting too many people, but thanks for joining me. Um, we uh, have been doing a lot of these live editions of the podcast and i'm really enjoying them and it's clear that i need more practice so this is what we're going to do today we're going to have project car of the week high performance parts listener stories and then i'm just gonna we're just gonna shoot the breeze a little bit i'm going to tell you about what's going on with myself and the mr norm tribute truck and how i almost burned it to the ground i'm sure a lot of you heard the story but uh i did get it fixed So we'll talk about that a little bit. And I did buy a new daily driver. I traded in my old daily driver, which was a 2012 Ram 1500. It was lifted on a 20 inch. It was a mall crawler. I never took the thing off road and it was a 4.7 V8. Okay. So a, 1500 lifted with a 4.7 is gutless. (laughs) All right. So I've been dealing with it for several years now. And uh, it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I need something a little bit more practical. I have a daughter. She's two. It's really hard to get her up into the truck. And I I just wanted something, something new. Sometimes you need a a refresh and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, I did want to mention that I'm going to be at muscle cars at the strip That's in Las Vegas, September 10th and 11th. It's going to be an awesome event. There's going to be drag racing, a car show, swap meet, vendors, and a whole lot of fun. Um, Mopar's 5150 is going to be giving away some Project Muscle cars on the 11th. So... It's going to be a crazy weekend. I hope to see you guys there. It's going to be at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And they're going to be drag racing into the night. It's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to get a ton of coverage from the show. Hopefully, I'll be able to go live with some of the cars, owners, and some of the personalities that we meet there. So it's going to be a good time. Johnny Mopar is supposed to join me out there. So that's going to be fun. And uh, quite a few of my other little Mopar friends are going to be over there. It's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. And then the weekend after that, I'll be in Kentucky. I'm heading out to Kentucky for Mo Party, the second annual Holly's Mo Party. That's in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, and it's going to be that's going to be a blast, too. I I believe it's at uh, Beach Bend Raceway Park or something like that. But um, I'm meeting Big Block, Matt Monroe and Blake from DIY Hemi out there. And, you know, uh, Mike from DIY Hemi is going to be there, too. And we're just going to have a blast. It's going to be fun. And. A lot of content from there too so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a busy end of the summer here as we shut it down um the podcast is still going strong and we are three episodes away from 100 i still haven't decided what i'm gonna do for episode 100 yet but hopefully it'll be something special maybe i'll just come on here and see who wants to join me and uh we'll just shoot the breeze and talk mopars i don't know yet it'll be a it'll be a fun little celebration for me and hopefully uh fans of the show and people that have been paying attention to it for you know the past couple years that i've been doing it it's been a lot of fun um but that's what we got on the on the schedule for today and for the summer so without further ado if you are a mopar enthusiast then you are in the right place don't go anywhere you're tuned into the best mopar enthusiast driven podcast on planet earth and i'm your host chris albrecht better known as the mopar hunter and this is talking mopars live You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Live once again, God, like I said, I really enjoy these. So let's go ahead and get into what I normally do on not live episodes of the podcast. And let's talk about a project car. Now, a lot of you that have been following my Facebook page for a long time have probably noticed over the past couple of weeks that the car postings have slowed down. That's mostly because I want to start, I want to start transitioning into more video content and I'm working on the schedule to try to figure out how I'm going to do it. I've got a lot on my plate, so I'm just trying to figure it out. So for right now, if you want to see project cars, or a project car, every time I go live here, you'll find it on Talking Mopars, um, the Facebook page. And instead of posting the cars and just sharing the links, I'm probably going to do more video stuff. So... It's just a matter of finding the time and getting it all. Uh, my life has been kind of crazy lately, so that's why this episode is late. I bought a car over the weekend. Just, it was just a, a tough weekend. I, I actually called into work today. I got up at 3.30 in the morning, and I said, you know what? <laughs> I need a mental health day. I literally took a day off and just hung out with my family and just decompressed. And I'm glad I did because my work truck broke down. What a surprise. <laughs> um, so I avoided that mess, but I'll be back to work tomorrow, so I thought maybe before I hit the sack for tonight. I will join the live here and um, talk Mopars with you all. So let's get into this project car. Let me share my screen here. I just jumped on Craigslist and I picked something that I thought was um, a reasonable project that, you know, most people could uh, relate to as far as you know, it's not a $70,000 charger that's been fully restored. This is an afford- what I what I consider an affordable muscle car. Um, some might not even consider it a muscle car, but let's take a look at what we got here. So what we have is a A-body, a 1976 Dodge Dart Sport from Nevada, manual trans factory sunroof car for $6,000 in Fond du Lac, Fond du Lac I I, I guess. I don't know. People in Wisconsin, tell me how to pronounce that because I don't know. But uh, let's read this ad here. For sale, 1976 Dodge Dart Sport, 318 four-barrel manual transmission. This car has a super cool factory crank-out sunroof, and the sunroof works properly. The car is originally from Nevada, so it's quite solid overall. The frame is very solid and still has original paint overspray on it. The body has minimal rust. It will need a driver's side floor pan. The car runs and drives stops. Starts and stops, but is not roadworthy, a.k.a. it will need to be trailered home. It was recently removed from long-term storage, basically could use a good once-over before regularly driving it. It has a newer dual exhaust system, newer leaf springs, new clutch, new four-barrel carburetor, and more. Has factory rally wheels and respectable tires. The brakes work, etc. It will need a total restoration for a show or just go over the basics to make it a make it into a driver starting with a car like this is much better than starting with something that is completely rusted out and been off the road for decades. Car has a clean title. First 6,000 firm takes it. Locate our local pickup in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And the owner's name is Dan. If you see the ad, then the car is still for sale. So apparently this dart sport is still for sale. It's got a clean title. Odometer reads 70,403 miles. Um, Let's take a look at some pictures up close. Now, I picked this because you know it's well under ten. It's well under ten grand, and it seems like. <laughs> if the picture will load here. There we go. Um, it seems like these cars are starting to come up in price again. I, I mean, I hear all the time about you know, people getting these cars for free or a couple hundred dollars and now they're in the thousands of dollars and they're knocking on the door of 10 grand. I've seen plenty of A bodies, you know, uh, 70, 71, 72 Dusters and Demons um, go for in the low low teens, 10, 11,000. So you know when you get under 10 these are the types of cars you're usually looking at unless you're looking at complete basket cases um this one you know i thought it was cool cuz it had the factory sunroof but uh i always promote a bodies as being good mopar projects because they're so versatile and there's still plenty of parts cars out there and they're still reasonably priced you can still get them for a decent amount of money i mean 6 grand isn't enough, isn't you know a drop in the bucket <laughs> for a lot of people anyway i know i don't have 6 grand laying around but um I do think that if you want to get into the Mopar muscle car game or just a classic car game, A-body Mopars make great project cars. Um, the parts the parts aren't as expensive as some of the E-body and B-body stuff that you see. Um, and they're a lot more available than the F, M, and J-body stuff. So basically what I see here is a, it's a roadkill car you know, um, I hate to be cliche and say that, but I mean, look at what we got here, manual transmission, bucket seats, and you, you can patch that floor really easy. If you just want a ratty, a ratty, uh, car to drive around. I mean, this thing is ready to go. You just got to get through it. Uh, the sunroof actually looks in really good condition. Sometimes you see these and the tracks are all rotted out. So it's a blessing that this car is from Nevada. It really uh, did this car a lot of justice. Um, it looks solid for six grand i mean even the door panels are are in pretty decent shape the dash you know the dash pads tore up but you know it's ratty what do you expect but um yeah it's funny every time i see dart sports it always cracks me up when i think about you know the religious uh sect that was having a problem with uh, the name demon so they went back to dart and uh the demon died and the dart sport lived i always thought that was kind of funny look at the back seat in this thing aside from some tears up top it looks pretty solid um usually you can see uh mold all over the belts this looks pretty good the floor doesn't look too bad not in the back seat anyway but who knows what's underneath that carpet but um spare tire well looks good it's got a rally wheel full-size spare jack is in it yeah that's not too bad at all this is a here we got a shot underneath it is solid I mean like I said a desert car this is this is a a really good platform to build a ratty driver you know you're not going to be winning any shows with this unless they have a ratty driver class (laughs) but um you know cars like this don't get enough love you know everybody wants the chargers the challengers the Cudas. and even the, even the dusters and demons over a Dart Sport or like a Plymouth Scamp or a Valiant. But those cars, man, you can still get them reasonably cheap and you can still have a lot of fun. I've said this before. You can throw, uh, you know, some of them come with small blocks already. You can build up the little small block. And then throw it in something else that you find later on down the road. You can build a big block and do a big block swap in an A-body. That's always a lot of fun. And then you can take the big block out if you find another car that you'd rather have it in. So for $6,000, I think this is a really good buy. Um, Obviously, you know how we work. We don't pay $6,000. So... You want to work with him on the price a little bit. He says 6,000 firm, but something tells me if you walked up to him with 5,500 cash, he's probably not going to say no. You know what I mean? You drive up there with your truck and trailer and you say, hey, look, I got 5,500. Let's, you know, let's make something happen. He might say yes. Um, And you know what? Even at six grand, this car is pretty solid. I mean, I'm looking at the door jams. The door jams look clean. Um... Even the quarters, the pictures that he has of the quarters look pretty good. There's a little a little something going on on the front there. But, I mean, you know, a dent on the side here, on the passenger side. But overall, I mean, the car really doesn't even have too much... Um, Sun damage on the top. I mean, it does, but not like you've seen some where the whole top layer is just burned off because it's been sitting in the sun for so many years. Um, the grill looks clean. The bumper looks clean. It doesn't look like it's been hit. Um, yeah, this is a. This would be a fun a fun project car for somebody. Um, a lot of people don't like the big bumper style and the taillights and the big beak on the front end, you know, all that can be changed. You can cut that sucker off, cut that sucker off and do a front and rear clip swap, you know, and make a clone of something, um, a duster or demon. Uh, in this case it's a Dodge. So you'd probably go with the demon. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, six grand, come on you know it's these cars are not getting any younger and they're not getting easier to find i'll tell you that but um i think cars like this are a good buy and a good um gateway drug (laughs) into mopars so that's project car of the week or of the day in this case uh the 1976 dodge dart sport from nevada in wisconsin with a factory sunroof and a manual transmission for six thousand dollars very cool car Let's uh, jump back onto the screen here. Um, we got high performance parts too. Uh, high performance parts for those that are new to the show is a segment of the show where you know a lot of people are like, "Oh, high performance parts." You must be talking about you know carburetors or something. High performance parts is just a play on words. It's basically um, me featuring a car or cars from movies tv shows music videos things like that anytime you've seen a mopar specifically on the big screen i'd like to talk about it at least mention it you know a lot of the history of these cars is hard to find and some of these cars that i've talked about in the past have been used for several different tv or movie appearances it's crazy how that works but some of them get around um I, the other, oh gosh, I guess it would be a month now. Time is really flying. This summer seems like it's flying by. I don't know what you guys think about that, but um, I, uh, I was up really late. I mean, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I just stay up late and I burn the candle and uh, burn that midnight oil. And I was up late and I was just, I don't know if it was hulu or netflix i was flipping through some one of the apps that i have to watch shows and movies and stuff and i saw death proof it's a quentin tarantino robert rodriguez film and uh it's like b movie craziness and uh in death proof kurt russell plays this crazy crazy stuntman stuntman mike and he builds cars that are death proof for him but not for his passengers and he knows that whatever crazy stuff he does behind the wheel he's never gonna die so um i'm not gonna go into the whole movie spiel if you haven't seen it you should uh if you like those campy b movie uh flicks but um i actually to make my life a little easier today uh because i knew what i wanted to share for high performance parts i just brought up an article that i could find and I actually when i was looking it up i found an article um, that was the 10 best movie mopars of the past 50 years so it just so happened that the death proof cars were in this one um which i thought was cool so let's see here let me just move that over there Bring that up. So, Death Proof was made in 2007. The cars that are featured in the movie, I'm sure you can see on the screen there. Um, a 1971 Dodge Challenger, according to this article, it was made to look like a 70 RT. That's the white one there, the vanishing point style. And the 1969 Dodge Charger with uh, the Death Proof duck on the front of it. Um, that is uh, the Charger driven by Kurt Russell later on in the film. Um, and the challenger is driven by these, these ladies, these three ladies uh, on the hood there. That's Zoe bell. She's a pretty well-known stunt woman. And she is a badass. <laughs> um, a lot of these stunts, she was really hanging on to this hood at like 70, 80 miles an hour. It's insane. But, um, uh, the drivers, Tracy Toms is Kim. So that would be the lady behind the wheel. And Kurt Russell is stuntman. Mike Zoe bell as this character, I forget her name, but, uh, The article, it says why it's awesome. And it says, setting aside the fact that the Mopar chase sequence in Death Proof is packed with references to scenes from Gone in 60 Seconds, Dirty Mary Crazy Larry, Convoy Bullet, and Vanishing Point. Can we just direct your attention to the fact that the nearly 20 minute confrontation between a challenger and charger takes place with stunt woman turned actor Zoe Bell gripping the hood of the former for dear life. It's one of the most nail-biting sequences ever committed to digital film and a true love letter to the golden age of car chases. It really was a fun movie to watch. If you like car chases, is it the best car chase featuring Mopars in movies? No, I don't think so. But it's really cool. And if you like action, you like Mopars, go check out Death Proof. It's a ridiculous movie, but... uh, i didn't start really enjoying it until the Mopars started playing around on screen so that's high performance parts the 1970 clone so 71 made to look like 70 challenger rt and the 69 dodge charger featured in death proof that was high performance parts let's jump into the comments real quick i don't know if anybody's been commenting i don't have those pulled up let me uh let's get back over here two comments mark Moore, what up brother <laughs> what's up man just hanging out monday night spencer would love another duster just to have to finish the charger first yeah absolutely man um if you have a charger <laughs> i wouldn't even be worried about a duster if I was you. <laughs> it's kind of like johnny mopar he's got all these chargers and then he's got one duster just the lone a body in his collection um Michael says he wants to seek his '74 Valiant. Uh, do you know the whereabouts of it? Did it just disappear? Did you? Did you? Clearly, you sold it. So, um, do you have any of the information, VIN number, anything like that? Previous license plate. Um, sometimes those things can help if you go to the Department of Licensing and um, you know make a friend, see if they'll look it up for you. Uh, some places don't keep records that old. Um, from what I understand. They all went digital at some point and got rid of all their – Old documents, so some of the old registrations and stuff have been completely wiped out. That's from what I understand from what I've been told. Um, so it's kind of hard to find those old cars unless you know the person that you sold it to. Maybe you still have the bill of sale or something. Um, it's really hard to track down cars. Uh, in, the fi- in the six years that I was doing the Mopar Hunter and now the podcast, I have talked to so many people. They've reached out to me asking me to help them find their own. Uh, their old car. And as much as I would love to, it is so hard. Unless you have something crazy, you know, you have a wing car or like an A12 or, you know, a Hemi car, 446 pack car, something that really stands out from the crowd and that likely wouldn't have been crushed if it was sold or parted out or anything like that. Those are easier to find, <laughs> but um, nothing's impossible. You know what I mean? Oh, he doesn't want to seek a 74 Valiant. He wants to sell a uh, 74 Valiant. That's cool, man. Uh, what do you want for it? Give us some details. Or send me the... You can PM me the link, and uh, I'll put it up on the uh, on the Talking Mopars podcast page. Rory Wheeler says, been adding to the hardware with the duster this year. Awesome, dude. <laughs> I love a bodies, man. I had one. I sold it just because I was, uh, the project was dead in the water and it wasn't, it was not going to get done anytime soon. It was not going to see the road anytime soon. I missed that car, but it's water under the bridge. I love a bodies. A bodies are great. Uh, man, I've seen some a bodies where I was like, you know, a lot of the GTS darts really really get my engine going you know the big block cars um the factory big block cars i've seen a couple where i'm like i'd rather have that big block dart than you know a 68 you know charger rt not because of the monetary value but because of how crazy it is that they actually made big block a bodies back then um so i don't know that's kind of controversial i guess but i really like gts darts and i really like formula s barracudas um I, w- I, still, I still have a thing for the 67 through 69 Barry Barracudas, um, the 67 through 69 Barracudas. Um, I really love those cars. I've had a chance at a few of them in my life, and it never worked out, unfortunately. But they're awesome. I love seeing them at car shows. I love seeing them on the street. And I hope to see more in people's yards because <laughs> the ones that I know about, nobody wants to sell. So it's, it's tough. Jason says he's building a 60,000-mile A-body. That's awesome. Roy Wheeler says top 40, top 50, wow, first at a local. Oh, hey. (sighs) Winning trophies at car shows has always been a dream of mine. I don't have a vehicle that apparently is on par with that yet, even the Mr. Norm tribute truck. I take that thing to shows, and I see some of the other trucks that are there, and I'm like, okay, you know. All right. Or some of the other patina vehicles that are there. And uh, there's some stiff competition out there, man. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I think I'd have to go to a show that is Mopar specific. And they would have to really be fans of Grand Spaulding Dodge and those old tin grills, the 72 to 80 Dodge trucks, um, to ever get an award for mine. But we'll see. I... Plan on getting some awards once I get everything underneath the truck and under the hood, you know, where I want it to be. Um, the body and the paintwork and stuff, that's thats uh, thats going to be left alone. Uh, Jason says, currently building a 60,000-mile numbers matching 68 Charger 383 HP 4-speed car. That is awesome. <laughs> um, 68 Chargers are my favorite Chargers. Um that is a an opinion that everybody has a different opinion of which charger they think is the best. Some guys like the first generation chargers, which are cool. I think they're cool in their own right. They deserve respect. Um, I'm a fan of the 68, and I think it has a lot to do with my dad. Back in the day, probably in the early 80s, mid 70s, somewhere in that time period, he was at a wrecking yard. Um, I'm assuming near Seattle. And he saw a 68 Charger and he took the taillights. And all my life, he's had a set of 68 Dodge Charger taillights. And I've always wanted to find a Charger, a 68, that was missing its taillights so that we can throw them in the Charger. And I do know of a 68 Charger RT that does not have taillights. And um, it's actually a car that I've been wanting to do a live video on for the Facebook page, which these live videos I've been doing have been Man, I've been getting a lot of hate. You know, people think that I'm just trespassing on people's property. (laughs) It's really funny. I had to stop reading comments. So if you comment on my posts on the Talking Mopar's podcast page... I look at some of them, some of them, I just, I just let be, um, just because I, you know, who has time to read through a bunch of troll stuff, you know, and I appreciate everybody that leaves cool comments and nice comments. It's just, it really is impossible for me to reply to everybody. I wish I could, I wish I had that kind of time. I just don't. And, um, when I go on there and I see just garbage comments from garbage people, it, just, it annoys me. So, um, just know that if you do post a good comment, um, there's a, We'll say 60% chance I'll see it. Um, And if I see it, I'll like it. Michael says, uh, he's building a 72 duster. Just trying to finish up. 318, board 30 over. Awesome. Spencer says, also love the 10-grill trucks. I had one. Those also make great project uh, Mopars. You know, much like the A bodies, um, I love them for project cars and the C bodies too. The C bodies don't get enough love. I know. I, do, I I feel like I have been neglecting them on this show, and I feel bad for that because I know there's a lot of people that are into C bodies that listen and watch the show, and um, I love C bodies. Every once in a while, I'll see one where I'm like, "God, that would be such a cool hot rod." You know what I mean? Some of them have the ability to pull off the muscle car feel you know what i mean and some of them the big body sedans it's a little bit more challenging but it can be done i've seen it um billy says i know of a 69 cuda 383 four speed car it's a basket case but the body is very solid almost bought it a week ago but bought a 65b body instead billy how much did the guy want for the big block cuda that's uh that's cool oh (laughs) i posted a video um some of you may or may not have seen it it's the one where there's a couple barracudas behind a fence at a storage facility and i kept saying cuda in the video when i was referring to the 70 and i got roasted for it and like i do know the difference but i'm so used to saying cuda that i just say cuda so you know sue me if you want i guess <laughs> uh, that's uh the mopar purist thing and i get it you know, it's like when somebody calls Violet for a Plymouth, when they call it Plum Crazy, I'm not going to beat them up for it. You know, the more widely known name is Plum Crazy. So, you know, I would I correct them if I heard that? Probably not, unless, unless they deserve to be humbled out a little bit. You know those people that I'm talking about, the ones that, you know, run their mouth, and it's like, okay, I got to humble this guy a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you run into those people. Sean says, I just bought my first Hemi Charger at 18. I love it so much. I got some questions, Sean. Are we talking about a Hemi Charger, Hemi Charger? Like, you know, anywhere between 66 and 71? (laughs) Or are we talking uh, newer, modern Mopar Hemi Challenger or a Charger? Because those are cool, too. I have no problems with modern Mopars. In fact, I just bought one over the weekend. We'll talk about that later. Um, Yeah, Hemi Charger at 18. Hell yeah, dude. Billy says that the big block Barracuda is $5,500 in Indiana. That is insane. (laughs) Um, Especially if it's really solid. Is it, Billy, is it all put together? Does it have all the parts? What's it missing? Sean says, no, 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 RT LX platform charger. Um, yeah, I wish, I wish, uh, when I was 18, I had something that cool, dude. I didn't man. Uh, I did not end up with a muscle car. My first car was an import. It was a little Honda civic. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that because I knew in time as I grew up and as I got a job and as I got my feet, you know, planted firmly in the dirt that, that I would be able to afford Mopar someday. Um, I still I still have a little bit of resentment towards my dad because there was a couple there was a 70 duster that I wanted and there was a couple fastback barracudas. Um, I think one was a 68 and one was a 69. Uh, I wanted I wanted all three of those cars at different times, but each time my dad wouldn't help me pull the trigger and I didn't have a job, you know, it was, you know, I, I appreciate kids that work hard, make the money and go buy their cars. You know, I was in a weird living situation. So it was hard for me to get to work and to save the money. It would have, I would have needed to get any of these crazy cars. You know, when I started working, I was busting tires at a tire store for i think i started like just over 7 dollars an hour <laughs> so and it was an after school job so i worked 2 hours a day and then 8 hours on sunday so um i really couldn't afford anything back then <laughs> so even, even even having a honda civic was putting fuel in the tank for that thing was a stretch but here we are now Now I have my Mopars and I'm very happy to have had them. But hey, if you're starting off with a uh, LX platform charger, that's awesome, dude. I love the aftermarket support for the modern Mopars. I think it's great, um, especially with the Hemi stuff. Um, I don't think that in, in in this spectrum here, you know, with talking Mopars and the Mopar Hunter or what it was, before we transition to completely, uh, talking Mopars podcast. Um, I don't think I've shown enough love to the modern Mopars and that's my bad. I do love the modern Mopars. I've I've always been critical of the stock cars that I see at car shows and stuff. And Hey, you know, it's, it's really not a knock. You know, if you're proud of your car, show it, you know, it's just my personal opinion that I wouldn't want to take a stock car to a car show because I feel like, you know, I could just go to a dealership and see <laughs> stock chargers and challengers and stuff like that, you know, but I, it's really none of my business. If somebody wants to bring their Hellcat to a car show that has nothing done to it, that's their business. They love their car. That's awesome. Um, I have noticed a, uh, a weird correlation between the import scene. Cause when I was in high school, it was right when Fast and the Furious came out. I think I got my license and Fast and the Furious came out <laughs> like less than a year later. So. The import scene has definitely, or the tuner scene, whatever you want to call it, has definitely influenced these modern Mopars. Like I go to these shows and I see some that are completely stocked with just a bunch of blinking lights. And I'm like, wow, they're showing these cars. It reminds me a lot of the tuner scene back in the day. Um, and it still exists now. I've gone to a car, except for one thing I've noticed about these tuner cars lately is everything has gotten to the extreme. You know, you see their wheels and tires that are cambered out so much. It's like, how can that even be safe to drive? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's insane. Um, but I, I'm a fan of cars and I'm a fan of the ability to take a car and create something that is individualized to you you know, something that you like. So it's a lot of cars that I see aren't my particular style, but I appreciate that somebody took the time, even though I don't agree with their build. I appreciate that they love their car so much that they invest the time and money into building it. That's cool. But anyways, enough of that. My buddy, Paul. Yep. My first job was at Baskin Robbins and bought my first roadrunner at 17. Loved it. Man, you're lucky. I would have, how many scoops? (laughs) You know what I mean? I would have scooped all night long (laughs) for a roadrunner at 17. Um, Another thing was that it was really hard to find mobile. At the time I was looking for cars to drive there really wasn't much for Mopars that were even close to something that I could afford, you know, and the ones that were affordable were complete basket cases. And at the time that we didn't have Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, um, you know, the best thing that we had around here was like the little nickel ads or like auto trader. And I didn't even know when I was young, I didn't even know Mopar Collectors Guide existed. My dad really didn't take me to muscle car shows that often. I went to like the international auto show and there was a couple, like there was a show um, for those of you that are from the Northwest uh, at the Coliseum that was like all muscle cars and stuff like that. But I was too young to understand. So the resources for me, if I would have gotten something that cool, (laughs) Paul, if I would have gotten a Roadrunner at 17, it would have had to have been running and driving because I don't know where I would have found parts for it. Um, Maybe I would have gotten lucky and met some people just driving it around. You know, that's probably what happens a lot. But around here, it seemed like the Mopars were really dried up. There was a period of time where... I never saw Mopars just sitting on the side of the road. Maybe a couple here and there. Maybe there was a handful in the entire, I would say in a 30-mile radius, I only knew of a handful. One of them was a 69 Dodge Charger Daytona. Um, But uh, I don't even know if I've talked about that car Um, probably early on in the podcast. But it was one of the cars that inspired me to start the Mopar Hunter Facebook page. So if I could ever find that car, I would love to have it. Roy says, my first car was a Honda Accord Brown. It caught on fire. <laughs> yeah, I learned how to drive a stick shift in my dad's 79 Honda Accord. That was fun. I learned how to do uh, I learned how to drop a clutch and <laughs> do a front wheel drive burnout. It was ridiculous. Billy says, it's all taken apart, but it was a complete car. The original motor is missing. It was blown up, but he has a code correct block, and the four-speed is there as well. The body was soda blasted and epoxied. It has eight and three-quarter rear posi 355 gear. Um... 5500 for, uh, Billy's talking about a big block Barracuda 69, um, project car that is for $5,500. It sounds like it's solid, needs some, needs some work, but gosh, big block, big block A bodies, man. They're awesome. Sean, I would have loved a Roadrunner at 17. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, buddy. <laughs> Mopar. <laughs> we know who that is. What's up, buddy? sean says i learned to drive stick in my dad's 72 triumph tr6 those cars are so so cool um they're small man i see them every once in a while gosh they uh i wouldn't want to get in an accident in one of those (laughs) back in the day i had a uh i'm not sure if i've ever talked about this uh back in the day i had a i had a few of them just because they were all i could afford and i thought they were kind of cool um i had honda crx's the little two-seaters and i got in a car accident with one man There's a car that I would suggest not getting in a car accident in. It's a little CRX because they are death traps. Um, Thankfully, my buddy and I got out virtually unscathed. Paul says, I got lucky. My dad is a huge Mopar guy. Taught me young and we sought out an A-body and found the roadrunner. That's awesome. My dad tried to talk me back into the A-body tarp, but I was hooked on the roadrunner. I don't blame you, dude. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's... uh, That's... (sighs) Gosh, I I just had a little like a daydream of what it would be like to have a roadrunner at 17. I would have gotten in so much trouble with that car because I attended the street races and around here it was all import stuff. And every once in a while you'd get a guy with a V eight that came through. I remember a guy had a Ford lightning, you know, big deal. But I mean, if you're racing a bunch of Hondas and stuff, you can smoke them. Um, a couple Fox body Mustangs. Uh, I think there was a Cobra that rolled through one night and just <laughs> blew everybody's doors off. Um, but man, if I had a roadrunner back then, man (laughs) I would have gotten in so much trouble because I still would have went to the street races I just would have been racing a bunch of imports which would have been fun uh yeah I never saw Mopar show up to the street races that is a tragedy that is a tragedy um it would have been me had things worked out differently but they didn't so I'm pretty sure, though, that it probably worked out for the better because I would have gotten in a lot of trouble. I got caught street racing a Honda once. <laughs> I've never talked about that because I'm ashamed of it. Uh, maybe someday I'll talk a little bit more about those days because they were so ridiculous. <laughs> Paul said his dad said a B-body was too much for a kid. I, yeah, I'm i sure my dad would have thought the same thing. My dad said no to A-bodies, dude. <laughs> The Roadrunner had a 404 four. It was never too much. To... Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't even know what I would have done with a big block Mopar back then. Crazy stuff, man. Um, let's get into... Uh, so we've done Project Car of the Week. We've done high-performance parts. Uh, let's get into listener stories. I think I have a voice message. Um It might be from Tad. (laughs) I don't know. Let me just see here. So we have one one voice message. It's twenty three seconds long. Let's see what this voice message is. Let's let's make sure that the volume is up here. Hopefully, you guys can hear this. Let's play it. Hi. Um. I just uh. I just want to say I really love your show. I don't have any Mopar stories, but I just really love the podcast and the channel and was doing it every day. I found it yesterday, though. It's pretty great. So thank you. And that's it. Um, that's a nice message. Uh, you don't always have to call and share a story. <laughs> you know, you can call and tell me how much you like the show. I don't mind that at all, and I'll play it on the show. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Um uh, I'm glad you love it. That's why I do it, because I'm an enthusiast and I love talking to other enthusiasts about cars. It's one of my favorite things to do. It is my favorite thing to do in the world of cars is just talking to people about them. Because if it wasn't one of my favorite things, then I wouldn't be doing it. You know, um, next to driving them, cruising them, building them, stuff like that, uh, talking about them, you know, with other enthusiasts. Because if you share a passion about something, you know, like mopars, anytime I talk to another truly passionate Mopar enthusiast. We always have a good time. I've never talked to a Mopar enthusiast who shared the same passion as me. That was a negative conversation, you know, except for the trolls on Facebook, but those don't count. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I kind of, uh, let me know in the comments, should I call this person right now live <laughs> and see if they want to talk on the phone? I don't know if I, can I get sued for that? <laughs> I think that would be kind of funny. um, I don't know if it was a, the voice was really low. I couldn't tell if it was a female or a young man, you know, and I don't want to be offensive. Um, I, I would really like to call them and find out some more information, you know, how they found the show, how, how enthusiastic about Mopars they are, you know, something like that. But uh, maybe we'll try that another time. Um, I don't know if it would be a good idea to call somebody live on a show like that. Michael says, uh, what's your take on uncle Tony and bad Chad, two of my favorite besides cash days. My first with you live Michael, uh, <laughs> funny story. So let me tell the quick uncle Tony story. So back when I was running my Facebook page that was formerly known as the Mopar Hunter, um, where I was just sharing cars that I found on Craigslist and stuff. Uh, I've always been a fan of podcasts and I've listened to a Pretty much all the automotive podcasts that I could consume that had anything to do with Mopars. Any episode that had a Mopar involved in it, that's actually how I found out about Blake from DIY Hemi. I was listening to The Muscle Car Place with Rob Kibbe, and he had Blake on, Blake Anderman from DIY Hemi. And uh, I think shortly after that, I reached out to Blake, um, and our friendship sprouted from there. So uh, I was just looking all over the the podcast networks and stuff, looking for episodes of um, any content relating to Mopars. And I realized that there was no podcast specifically dedicated to Mopars. And then, um, it was like right around that same time, Uncle Tony really started getting popular. And I found out that he had a podcast. So I was like, oh, this is great. So I started listening to Uncle Tony's podcast. And I was like, well, I guess I don't. And he talked about Mopars a lot. And I was like, well, I guess I don't need to uh, start a podcast. And what's funny is before I started listening to Uncle Tony's podcast was that I had bought the domain name, talking mopars i had come i i thought i thought i thought of the name and i had this whole plan as i was going to start the podcast and it was going to be great and then i stumbled across uncle tony's podcast and as i started listening i was like well there (laughs) there goes that idea because if uncle tony's doing it he had a way bigger name than me and he was blowing up so you know not wanting to compete with somebody who just squashed me like a bug and probably nobody would listen to my show um i just listened to his and then one day he mentioned that he was going to do a show a podcast with Dave Ray from at the time he was with Graveyard Cars, I believe still. And, uh, he was going to call it talking Mopar. We're talking Mopars. And I was like, Oh, son of a, I was so mad. I was like, Oh, so, you know, that the little pipe dream I had about having the only Mopar podcast was gone. I was like, Oh, well, there goes that idea. And, uh, as I was listening to his podcasts, all of a sudden they stopped and I was like, Okay. So I gave it a couple weeks, no podcast, no podcast. And what I found out through reaching out to Tony was that he was seeing so much success with videos and YouTube specifically that he basically abandoned the podcast because he wasn't making any money from it. And, uh, I, I, that message that I sent to him, it was basically the ask for, um, His blessing to use the name talking Mopars because I know he had mentioned a name somewhat like that. I don't know if it was talking Mopar talking Mopars. I don't remember exactly. I know it was so close that I didn't want to use it without talking to him first because I didn't want to. First of all, I didn't want to be a thief. Second of all, it was out of respect. You know, because I respect Uncle Tony and what he's done um, for himself and for his family. And, uh, you know, all the entertainment he provides. Uncle Tony's entertaining whether you like him or not. He's funny. He smokes cigarettes and he burns them all the way down to the butt and he still smokes them. (laughs) To the fiberglass filter, he smokes them down. Um, But I reached out to him and I was like, look, I heard on your podcast you were talking about doing a podcast with Dave Ray called Talking Mopar or whatever. I... Came up with the name Talking Mopars. I bought the domain and I was going to start a podcast. But if you're using that name, I will either A, abandon the idea altogether or I'll come up with a different name. And he said, nope, go ahead and use it. He basically he told me that the podcast was dead. He goes, I'm fully focused on YouTube right now. Go ahead and take it. So I took it. And that's how Talking Mopars came to be. So I will forever be indebted to Uncle Tony. You know, if that guy came to me for anything, if he's like, Chris, I need to be on your show or, you know, I, I doubt he'd say that <laughs> or uh, he needed me to help him with something. I doubt he'd need my help with anything. um uh, I would always be there for Uncle Tony um, just because of uh, the opportunity he gave me because he could have easily have said I might use that later. So, no, <laughs> see you, kid. Get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I went to blamed him for that, but he let me have it and I have it now. And Tony, you ain't getting it back. <laughs> um, Bad Chad, that's a, I believe you're talking about Bad Chad Customs. He's an interesting character, man. Some of these guys, you meet people in the car communities that are like um, savants or they're like, that their mind works on a different uh, frequency than other people. And they just come up with these crazy ideas, these in- insane ideas and these insane builds. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, all the, crazy hot rodders from back in the 50s you know that were building the street rods and the for the custom culture scene and things like that these people were thinking on a different on a different level so bad chad is one of those guys he's created some crazy cars nothing some of his cars like I wouldn't be caught dead driving them not my style I absolutely 100% respect the level of fabrication skills that guy has he's amazing um so I do enjoy uh that show I don't watch it that much I have watched quite a few episodes, but I really, it sounds cliche, but I just don't have the time to watch as many of the car shows as I like. Um, the cash days, I see you mentioned cash days. I do like street outlaws. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast, but, uh, being from the import scene and seeing the street racing that happened then, uh, I thought that Street Outlaws was a joke when I first saw it, because I was like, these aren't street cars at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, these are these are drag cars that they trailer to the street. You know what I mean? Nobody's driving this car to work tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I thought it was a joke at first. And several seasons had gone by. And every time I saw it on TV, I flipped the channel. And I was wrong. Um, those shows are very entertaining, and I love them now. Um, I just had to get past the fact that it probably wouldn't be as entertaining if you had a bunch of 12 and 13 second muscle cars, you know, on TV, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, maybe not for the average viewer for me, I would have been entertained if it was, I love when street outlaws does the daily driver races. I love that. I love it because it's more realistic for me. Um, and I think a lot of the car enthusiasts that I know would probably relate better to cars that weren't full on race cars that were racing, no prep on the streets. Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I think they're great shows. And thanks Michael for uh, joining me live first time. Um, I hope you enjoy the show. Hopefully it gets better in time. Um, These are usually like I fly by the seat of my pants on these things. Um, When I'm not doing a live and I'm just in here just recording my podcast, I can hit stop, rewind, edit whenever and however I want. Um, When it's off the cuff and live, sometimes I trip over my words and stuff like that. And I'm sure I've said some wrong things, but, you know, that's all part of the fun. (laughs) Uh, My buddy Blake Anderman from DIYHemi.com. Wahoo! In for a random comment. Mopar. Awesome, buddy. (laughs) Big Block is in the house. Mopar or no car? My buddy, David Dreyer. What's up, buddy? Michael, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining me tonight on a Monday night. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. You know, I... (laughs) Every once in a while, I get a wild hair. I had I was so busy over the weekend that I just didn't get a chance to record the podcast. And I have really uh, my consistency has been in the in the tubes. And I apologize. Um, I'm behind on a lot of stuff. And finally, I there was a couple of things that were stressing me out, and those things have have calmed down. Um, one was the Mister Norm truck, which um, I suppose we can talk about now. Uh, I don't know how much I. Oh, my buddy, Mike. <laughs> okay, before we get into the story of what happened with Mr. Norm, Mike is actually a big part of the repair of Mr. Norm. So my buddy, Mike News, so I've known this guy for 20 years. Hi, Mike. He's one of my best friends. And uh, it was his birthday on the 8th. And <laughs> we had hung out the night before. And he, when I got home, he sent me a an ad for a $200 5.7 Hemi. And I've been sitting on this $100 Hemi forever. And I knew that his birthday was the next day. And I was like, hey, you want a Hemi for your birthday? (laughs) You know, because Mike, uh, you're a good buddy. And you're the only person I know that has two talking Mopar stickers on their vehicle. I don't even have that. And you have an old school Mopar Hunter sticker on your truck, too. So you deserve that Hemi um and i i'm excited he's gonna build that engine with his daughter um and uh just the fact that you're getting your daughter into cars especially mopars you know what i mean um that's cool for me and uh i'm a big fan of hemis and uh i have some connections in that game so um it'll be fun to see mike is a technician a honda technician and this is his first hemi build So it's going to be fun to see what he does with it. I know uh, he's already got it torn down, so that's good. Can't wait to see uh, what you do with it, man. Obviously, I'll be watching that very closely. So at the good guys car show um which is a cool car show for those of you that don't know you can cruise around the show the show field and stuff and around the um the fairgrounds during the show you know jump in your car leave your parking spot and come back and get your parking spot back it's amazing show on the way home my buddy paul that's in the chat he was with me and uh had no problems with the mr norm truck at all no problems you know uh Adjusted the idle mixture a little bit, but that was it. We were cruising that thing all day, had a great time. I dropped him off, and uh, on my way home, I don't—I'm not sure I shared this story on the podcast, but I'll try to make it brief if I have. <laughs> on my way home, I'm driving on the freeway, and um, you know, I'm cruising 70, 75, something like that, and uh, I start smelling burning plastic. I was like, <laughs> "Of course, the first thing that." goes through my mind as I look ahead of me and I see a couple older cars and I'm like, it's one of those pieces of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I realize, Oh no, no, it's getting worse. It's mine. <laughs> and, uh, I was right next to an exit, the exit to my buddy, Mike's house and him being a technician. I knew that, you know, if I was going to pull over anywhere, it sure as hell is better to pull off at his house. Cause I know he's got some tools rather than on the side of I five, you know what I mean? So I, I had a split second decision because I was like, I think I can make it home. I don't know why the hell I even, I don't even know why that crossed my mind, <laughs> but uh, I quit thinking like an idiot and I got off the freeway, went to his house, <laughs> pulled up in front. He came out cause he heard the truck. I popped the hood and I looked at the wiring harness and all the wires that went from the alternator all the way up. The whole engine harness was literally melting <laughs> like, like, Real time melting right there. <laughs> so bad that the insulation had come off nearly all the wires. Um, it was uh, it was crazy. And I was on the street, and it's like, fire it back up, pull it into the driveway. And I'm like, shit. And I'm thinking to myself, this thing is going to burn down right here. <laughs> Get it down there, shut her down, realize I need a whole new engine harness. I order a whole new engine hard- harness on eBay. And uh, I don't think I told this part of the story yet. I got the harness. Open the box and it's for a 77. I have a 78. Uh Dodge D D one fifty. Uh and I was like I don't know if there's a big difference here. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be a bad or a good thing. I guess we'll find out. So I laid my old harness, what was left of it out and laid the new harness out. And there was only a couple things that were different other than that, it looked like it would go in. So we threw it in there and did a couple little modifications and the truck fired right up. No problems. I drove it home the other day, no problems. Um, I need to take a little closer look at everything and i haven't had a chance to do that yet but uh i will and um i'm glad that uh i'm glad that mike still lives in the old neighborhood because that really saved my back i i would hate to have had that thing towed because it is low and i just imagine even if they brought a flatbed unless they had pieces of wood to pull it up onto before they winch it up the rest of the way, it probably would have ripped the front spoiler off unless they had tools. And I, I didn't have any tools. Um, I also didn't have a fire extinguisher, which I now have in the truck. So <laughs> that problem has been solved. Um, but, uh, the other news is that I traded in my 2012 Dodge Ram 1500 with the 4.7. It was uh, blazing saddle Pearl, I think is the color. I thought it was a beautiful color, but if the truck hadn't been lifted and didn't have twenties and uh, big tires, it probably would have looked like an old man truck, but I loved the truck. The problem that I always had with it was that it was a 4.7 and not the Hemi. It was, you know, I had like 310 horsepower, but it was still, when you're trying to push a big, heavy truck like that, it's not going anywhere fast. Um, I pulled, uh, the Mr. Norm truck home with that truck and it was struggling. <laughs> it was so pathetic. Um, my buddy that was with me on that trip, uh, he's like, are you flooring it? And I just looked at him. I was like, shut the, f- <laughs> yeah, I'm flooring it, dude. Um, so I, uh, I was still making payments on it. It had over, cause I rolled over, I had a 2001 Dodge Ram, 2,500 short bed, black extended cab, turbo diesel, love that truck but it needed i was broke a few years ago and i didn't have the money that you know i don't have i'm not rich now by any means but i have more money than i did then and i didn't have enough money to go through the entire fuel system so i ended up rolling over and getting um another truck which is the truck i just traded in so i had negative equity in that thing and because of the chip shortage and everything else going on um it's a bad time to buy a car unless you're trading something in <laughs> because you can get more for your trade and in this case um I still had a couple grand of neg- negative equity negative <laughs> uh, negative equity and uh I broke even so that's all I asked so now I don't ha- I didn't roll anything else over um and I got myself a I know that at the beginning of the year I was looking for a Scat Pack Charger and I was actually just recently looking for him again, and I had a long discussion with my wife, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, I really did decide I, I had to, I had to really think about it. And I, I thought that the Scat Pack Charger probably wasn't the best decision for me just because of where I live and I don't really have a vehicle that I can drive in the snow or in inclement weather. Um, and I wouldn't really want to drive a scat pack charger around in inclement weather, you know, call me a pussy, but <laughs> I just wouldn't want to do it. Um, so, uh, I had one requirement with the next vehicle. I said, it has to be a Hemi. I can't be doing the talking Mopars podcast and go buy a newer Mopar and not have it have a Hemi. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did that once and it, I've been miserable for five years. So, <laughs> Um, I decided, or we decided, that a Durango would be a good choice. And I've always liked Durangos. My friend Dustin, back when I uh, was busting tires at 16, his dad had, um, gosh, what year would that have been? 2000 or 2001 um, dark blue uh, Durango RT with the Magnum 360. And I loved that thing, I thought it was awesome. It sounded good. Um, and for a while there in like the 2000s the Durangos really got shit ugly <laughs> they were ugly that's just my opinion of course but they were they I thought they were ugly looking and then um, as you got into the uh, 2000 what 12 13 14 15 I think is when they started transitioning to the newer style um, that's when I started going oh, okay good job good job dodge and they started making them look a lot cooler um, and recently within the past few years they started putting the SRT front ends on even like the RTs and uh even the GTs so you got these V6 Durangos running around that look like um they have the Hellcat hood <laughs> uh so I was really a fan of the way they looked um I actually tried to get an SRT uh it was so let's get into a little of this it's we're almost in an hour but this will be a quick story so I actually went to the dealership or one of the dealerships that. Screwed me over the last time I was going for scat packs, and I gave them one more chance. I go and look at the pieces of crap they had on their lot, which they were. I'm not trying to be a jerk; they were pieces of crap with twenty thousand miles. It surprised me. Um, so I go over and I start looking at the new Durangos that they had. And they had a um, a Destroyer Gray GT. 2021, So it has the new front end on it, which I think is cool. My buddy Paul, who's in the chat, has a 2021 tow-and-go package RT that is badass. And that is one of the vehicles. When he let me hang out in it and sit in it, um, it was actually one of the reasons why i got pushed over the edge and thought oh a durango i could definitely see myself in a durango because he he wanted me to go drive it and i I always get a little uncomfortable driving people's brand new cars (laughs) you know what i mean but uh just in my little neighborhood i just did a little maneuver and i i gave it a little gas and i was like "Ooh, ooh, man that hemi is not uh, you know it's no slouch so um and i'm looking around i'm like this would be a this is great you know, can seat as many people as I need. I can fold the seats down if I have to haul something. And if I really have to haul something crazy, like dirt or rocks or something, I'll go rent a U-Haul for 20 bucks. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, I, I realized that a Durango would be a good fit. So I'm at this dealership looking at this V6, right? And I hate when dealerships do this. You have the, um, the window sticker, right? And this one was like, I don't know, high 40s, low 50s, which is crazy for a V6 if you ask me, but they're nice. They're nice. They're nice SUVs. <laughs> and uh, one of the salesmen, I don't know who it was, was standing there and I was like, wow, you don't have a second sticker on this one, um, which is the dealer markup. Um, I said, oh yeah, it's on the other side. And I was like, of course it is. So I go over there and this GT was $63,000. I about it was almost an underwear changing moment. Cause I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. You're insane. $63,000 for a V six. You're out of your mind. <laughs> um, not when I can go get a, and I understand the new, the new front end looks killer, but, uh, man, that's insane for a V six, especially when I look at last year's models and you can get one with really low mileage for like 40, 45, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that's the dealership that I went to. I don't know if I told this story. Um, I was at one dealership and I tried to order a wide body scat pack charger, a black one with red, with red guts, with red suede interior. Um, it was going to be like my big surprise. And uh, I didn't realize that the chip shortage was so bad that I put in the order for the car. All I wanted was to know some timeframes and they couldn't really give me a hardcore timeframe, but they wanted a thousand dollar deposit. And the deal was, I give them $1,000, they order the car for me, the car gets to the dealership and I buy it. But because I had the truck to trade in, they were gonna lock in the trade in value. And when the car came, we're gonna do the transaction. But I said, what if it gets here and I don't like it? (laughs) And they're like, well, you know, never have we had somebody order a car and not like it. And I'm like, well, would you give me my $1,000 back? You know, cause anything can change in the, you know, 12 weeks or whatever it takes to order a car and get it delivered. so I was like, well, there's another dealership that has a wide body right now, a wide body charger. It's Go Mango sitting on their showroom floor. And it's been there for a while. Um, and their sale price on the internet is like $47,000. And that was right in the price range that I was looking at. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go look at that one. But I had or- I just put in the order. I just hadn't given them the $1,000. So they were getting ready to hit send, and I was like, "Call me because I had a couple other financial stipulations. I told them what I needed my monthly payment to be with X amount down blah 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 and I said before you hit send and I give you a thousand dollars, I want to make sure that the numbers are gonna work out for me you know before I do this because if the car gets here and I can't afford it, <laughs> you know then either I lose a thousand dollars, you give me a thousand dollars back, and you have to put a car that was ordered by a customer on the lot so anyways, I go to uh the dealership that had that GT for $63,000, they didn't have it then, but they had this wide body scat pack. I go in there and it's got a $53,000 tag on it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Online. It says 47,000. And I had a pocket full of cash, um, to put down on it. And, uh, I went to the other side of the car and saw the dealer markup. It was a $9,995 dealer market markup. And I was like, you guys suckered me and got me in here. I don't see 47,000 anywhere listed on this car. And they're like, oh, you should have read the fine print, blah, blah, blah. Man, come on. You know what I'm saying? So that dealership has turned me off. I don't want to say the name (laughs) because they have a wide network of dealerships. And I may know somebody that works there. That's beside the point. (laughs) But um, yeah, they've never impressed me. Uh, I've been nothing but, uh, reasonable, I think, you know what I mean? Um, they were trying to give me $10,000 for my truck. <laughs> I got a lot more than that. Several thousand dollars more than that just <laughs> on Saturday. Okay. I got a 2018 Dodge Durango RT. So it's got the 5.7 in it. Um, it's got 40 something thousand miles. I paid about <laughs> low forties, um, which was right where it needed to be. That's every Durango that I was looking at was right in that high thirties, low forties range. So I liked it, and it just happened to be. It just so happened to be at a lot that two of um, some friends of mine worked at. So. I mean, it was a situation where that morning I just happened to see that they had a vehicle that I was interested in. I went and looked at it. It's a color that I normally wouldn't pick. Um, It's billet silver metallic. And when you're looking at used cars, there's a lot of Durangos out there to choose from. So I was like, you know, I'll I'll drive a couple and see what I like. And, you know, when we pulled into the lot to see this silver one that my buddies had on their lot, uh, I liked it a lot. It had uh, the graphite wheels or the granite wheels um and it just it just looked good to me uh i drove it loved it it was pretty clean you know it's a used car i wasn't expecting perfection um i used to detail cars so it's not that big of a deal if it needs a little touch up here and there blah 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 no big deal at all and um it just was it's one of those situations where i didn't have to worry about the car deal and we negotiated a little bit and Uh, I got what I felt was a fair deal and, um, a very nice service contract. So I'll be covered the whole length of the, um, loan as well as up to 125,000 miles. So it should be okay. It's just going to be a daily driver. Um, I don't plan on doing anything crazy with it while it's under warranty, um, The only thing I've done to it, uh, aside from enjoy it so far, is the one thing that annoyed me about it was the Dodge logo in the grill. I took that thing off. Um, Now the front end looks a lot cleaner. Um, But uh, I I like the Durango. It's going to be a great family car. And it's not slow. Um, You throw that thing in sport mode, it's pretty fun. And it gets great gas mileage. I My truck was getting 13 or 14 at best on highway. It was getting 14 miles to the gallon. So, and this thing's got all sorts of technology. I don't know if some of you old school guys are a little against the new Mopars, but if you get in one and you start learning all the technology that's inside them, it's really crazy what they can do. Um, it's actually scary that a lot of people depend on these sensors, like these parking sensors and uh, the backup cameras to do what a human being should be able to do. And that's check their mirrors. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, fun car. Uh, and it's going to allow me to focus on Mr. Norm, because if I had gotten a scat pack charger, I know what I would have done. I would have wanted to start modifying it and things like that. And don't get me wrong. A modern charger or challenger is in my future, but now I don't have to settle on a scat pack because that's one thing my wife asked me was, would you be happy with a scat pack? Is that what you really want? and I was like yeah I'd be happy with one and deep down inside I'm like I would be happy with one but I will always know that there's a hellcat out there <laughs> you know uh something about a hellcat I'd love to have a hellcat someday and this might be my road so we'll see uh what I can do with this podcast, maybe get some sponsors <laughs> and, uh, start making some money. Cause the Facebook video stuff is good, but it's not going to get me where I need to be, especially with the podcast. So we're gonna keep cracking away at it. maybe someday I'll get a hellcat, but I really want to get a uh, gen three Hemi in the Mr. Norm truck. That's the goal for the winner. We'll see if that happens. Um, I know a lot of my friends are like, don't put a new school Hemi in it. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. Um, But, uh, that's what I'm going to do. So get over it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Mr. Norm's going to get a Hemi and I have a Dodge Durango RT now. Um, let's jump back into these, uh, comments here and then we'll shut this baby down. Um, this month's giveaway for, um, the supporters of the podcast for $5.99 a month, you can become a supporter and eventually you'll get extra content. I'm, (laughs) I'm going to make it up to you guys. I promise. (laughs) Uh, But uh, this month's giveaway, I'm just waiting to receive the item that I'm giving away. Um, I don't want to show a picture of it. I actually want to show the actual thing. Um, And then uh, this week, I got to ship out a bunch of stuff because I'm behind on my shipping. Uh, And um, once I get the item that I'm giving away for the giveaway for supporters, uh, I will um, do a video for the giveaway. So that's coming. And then, uh, like I said earlier, I'm going to be at Muscle Cars at the Strip, September 10th and 11th at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Um, It's going to be a blast. Racing, swap meet, car show. Vendors are going to be there. And Mopar's 5150, they're going to give away some project cars to veterans. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then the week after that, I'm heading to Kentucky for... The second annual mo party holly's mo party once again at uh, beach bend raceway park i believe um that's going to be a lot of fun so my plate is full coming up next month there's going to be a lot of content coming guys i cannot wait and there will definitely be some exclusive content for my supporters um so that's going to be a lot of fun but you know we're just over an hour i was only planning to do a half an hour let's get back into the comments really quick and then we'll shut her down David says, busy, busy at work. Yeah, me too, man. I've been working 55, 60 hours a week. It has been kicking my ass. 318 Steve. What's up, Steve? Uh, Mopar, for those of you that don't know, I shouldn't sell them out like this, but that's Tad. He's he's, uh, the record holder for most uh, messages left on um, the talking Mopar's voicemail. He says that the license plate for his demon, he's got this awesome demon. I don't know if you can see it. It's GA4, um, which in the Plymouth world is Winchester Gray. Uh, That's what it's most commonly known as. But he's got this demon. It's a 340 car, really cool car. And he's thinking about the license plate Highway to Hell. HWY, the number two, and then Hell. That would be a killer license plate, dude. Um, I'll be surprised if it's not taken already, especially in California. (laughs) But um, definitely, uh, definitely fun. 200 bucks. David says, what? 200 bucks? I'm not sure what you're talking about, dude. (laughs) I'm also, what time is it? It's 9 o'clock. That's not too bad. Paul says, awesome show. (laughs) Steve, yeah. Yeah, that sucker caught fire, dude. Yeah, that uh, like I said, I dropped Paul. Uh, Paul says, so glad you stopped. That was crazy. Yeah, man. Um, If I hadn't stopped, if I I was a bonehead and said, oh, I can make it home, the truck would have been in flames on the side of the road, and I didn't have a fire extinguisher. I had a bottle of Smart (laughs) Water. That's what I would have had to combat the fire, and I didn't have any tools to, like, disconnect the battery or anything like that. So it would have been a nightmare. It's fully covered, and I would have gotten a lot of money for it, but... I would have never been able to replace that truck and I would have hated myself. How crazy would that have been? On the six year anniversary of me seeing that truck for the first time at the Good Guy Show, I take it to the Good Guy Show under my ownership and then I burn it to the ground on the way home. Man, I would have, I probably would have quit everything. I would have been in a hole somewhere. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that was nuts. Paul says, dude, you will love the new Dodge. I'm sitting and I'm like, this thing is old. It's an 18. And it still has, I mean, it still holds up because I was looking at some of the twenties, and they really haven't changed. Now twenty one, those those headlights you guys got are really cool. I really like them. I like the headlights that I have. they're, they're it's like two different vehicles. It sucks because I like them both. Um, but uh, Paul, yours is. I really like the paddles um, for the switches inside. Uh, I think that's a cool. Uh, I do like that better than mine. Um, I think the little paddle um, gosh, uh, switches I guess uh, buttons for whatever accessories and stuff um, I think those look really cool (laughs) yes sir someday I will have a Hellcat Cameron a buddy from work says you're thinking 98RT but you'll love the Hemi had mine for over 5 years and still love hitting the throttle you know there's a I have no issues at all with 5.7 Hemis. They are no slouches. Now, are they as fast as a 6.4 or 6.2 supercharged Hellcat? No. But let's be realistic. I've driven scat packs, okay? They've got a little bit less than 500 horsepower. Uh, It's like 485. um, Less than that to the wheels. And (laughs) they're fast. Now I know that some people, I know oh, they're not fast. You know, they got Hellcats or, you know, Hellcat red eyes. Um, those things are ungodly. <laughs> you know what I mean? These scat packs, though, I was like, God, if I had something this fast, it's hard for me in the 5.7 not to put my foot in it and leave it in sport mode all the time. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not saying that the, the, the 5.7 Hemis are fast, but they are sure as hell not slow. I'll tell you that right now. They are not slow. Um I'm sure if I lined up the Mr. Norm truck and this Durango, the Durango would walk it it would be gone Uh, with seven people in it you know what i mean uh it's just a it's a comfortable car i got a power sunroof you know i haven't had a sunroof in years um nice interior it's got the black leather with the red stitching and the rt in the seat uh i like that and i do i'm not really a silver guy but i also wasn't a brown guy and well i am a brown guy but i wasn't a brown guy as far as cars go uh until i got my last truck so Uh, you never know and i every time i look at this durango now i'm like okay i think i made the right color choice because everybody goes black white um octane red which is the color paul's is i love that color that color is awesome but i didn't want to i didn't want to bite paul's style (laughs) you know so uh my buddies had the silver one if it had the regular stock um like bright finish wheels i probably would have been a little bit more turned off the reason why i liked it so much is probably because it had the graphite wheels and not necessarily the black ones i don't know just it it looked good on the billet silver metallic so that's that paul says a gt for 63 yeah (sighs) Um, the, his was 64 for the RT. I don't know where you, we'll talk offline, Paul. I'm not sure where you got yours, but you definitely got a deal. Cause I remember you telling me how much you paid for yours. That's why I laughed at the guy when I saw 63,000 for a GT, get the hell out of here. I was just online, um, before I bought mine looking at a 2018, a 2018, um, billet, silver metallic, uh, SRT Durango. Because I was about to pull the trigger and go, you know what, I'm, if I'm going to get one, I might as well get the SRT. It was 20000 more than I spent. And the payment, because I'm not rich, I don't got cash like that. The payment was almost $1,000 a month. <laughs> I was like, this is retarded. I, I cannot do that. That is ridiculous. I, I would be stupid for doing that. So... I made the decision that I didn't need an SRT Durango and that any crate that kind of money, that extra money that I would be spending can go right into my van or preferably the Mr. Norm truck. So I think I made a good decision. Yes, it is ridiculous to add how much the new cars are. It's crazy. But sometimes you can get a good deal. You know what I mean? You just have to look in the right place and not go to a, a dealer that has $10,000 markups. It's insane. It's insane. How you can get away with that I have no idea Tad says I don't feel so bad now paying such high prices for classic Mopar parts no Paul says want to race um no <laughs> uh I don't yeah yeah no no I don't want to race Paul although I will say this in how much more power does yours have I think they're pretty equivalent. So it's going to be about the whole shot. You know, do you leave traction control on, Paul, or do you turn it off? You know, there's a couple, uh, there's a couple that, how, how hard do you launch it? (laughs) You know, uh, if one of us pulls whole shot, you know, race is pretty much a done deal. (laughs) But no, I don't want to race you, Paul. (laughs) Tad's talking about the cars that are like, um super technologically advanced um i don't mind like the backup camera and stuff that's okay but uh like the teslas and stuff that drive themselves that is a disaster waiting to happen i've heard talks about semi trucks that are autonomous that are going to drive themselves i'm like all right we'll see how that works out for you Uh, Cam says, trust me, I felt the same now that he's ready to modify his RAM. Be careful and don't do what I'm going to do. Are you going to supercharge it or something? I'd I'd be lying if I didn't say that I spent like a good hour or two since I bought that Durango looking at superchargers, but I'm not trying to avoid the warranty. (laughs) Tad, I'll race your demon right now when you're towing it on a trailer (laughs) and i don't have a trailer that i'm towing (laughs) that's probably the only way i'll beat that thing after you get the 340 in it actually you got the 340 in it is it running yet or what um god i can't this demon he's building it's going to be it's going to retain the patina and it's going to have a nice little small block 340 in it (laughs) tad leave it mopar i like that that's funny because then I'll feel funny selling you out every time. Go, hey, don't be fooled. This name's really not Moparts, Tad. <laughs> Cam, it definitely is a good piece of mind to have a fire extinguisher. The messed up part is every show that I've taken the truck to, I have a fire extinguisher in the garage. I've pulled it out ever since, my, ever since that crappy radio I got from work. <laughs> almost burned my truck to the ground. This is the second time my truck's almost burned to the ground. Uh, I started bringing that fire extinguisher to me, uh, with me to car shows and cruises and stuff, and I take it to good guys, and I didn't grab the fire extinguisher. What the hell I was thinking, I don't know. <laughs> Michael says, I keep trying to update my car's warranty, and they keep hanging up on me. There's a uh, company called Uproar. So dot car. I think it's dot car, but they're a Seattle based company and they do warranties differently. So you pay monthly and their coverage is pretty, pretty good from what I've seen. Um, You can't lock in for a long period of time. I think you have to reevaluate every three years or something. But uh, for the crazy plan, it's like, I want to say $40 a month, which, you know, if you sit down and you work a car deal, the service contracts that they offer you know, are negotiable. Um, you can spend five grand, you can spend three grand, you can spend 1,500. You can work it into the deal. The thing with car dealers is they'll, they'll work the numbers one way or another. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got friends in the car business and I know that they could give me a better deal than I got, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't mind paying my friends a little bit more because it puts food in their mouths and I appreciate them making the process easy on me. And I really don't like to negotiate on newer cars. I like to negotiate and low ball the old stuff. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, the only time I I really get my rocks off negotiating uh, with the new stuff is when they're trying to screw screw with me. Like when I was buying the scat pack chargers or when I was trying, they they were really screwing with me. And I was like, look, uh, you're going to get me on financing. I have a bunch of cash that I'm going to put down and you're still trying to screw me. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. I'm actually glad I didn't get Octane Red because there was one that I was looking at and it had a little bit more body damage that I was willing to accept for a used car. (laughs) And I was like, God, I'm gonna roll up and Paul's gonna have the newer Octane Red one. Yeah, definitely financially challenged. Thank you, Tad, for that correction. (laughs) Uh, Tad has the engine in the Demon um, getting a flywheel and a throwout bearing and then he'll be ready to go slamming gears. Cam, can't wait to see your new ride in the parking lot at work. Glad you found something that makes sense with your family and keeps a smile on your face driving it. Yeah, man, I, I love my truck. Don't get me wrong. But it was, um, man, it was like it had a vasectomy or something. It, just, it was shooting blanks every time I put it to the floor. It just, it just uh, you know, but it's like that truck really wasn't ever meant to be fast, you know, obviously. But it, if I'm towing a car, I want to feel like... You know, the truck is actually doing some work instead of struggling, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, the Durango is a nice car. Uh, it's definitely the nicest car I've ever owned, you know, as far as new stuff. Um, and it's an 18. So what does that tell you? I'm cheap. I told you guys I'm cheap, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, I think this will work out. And my The thing is my wife really likes it. So she's got a 2015 grand Cherokee, right? I want to make sure she doesn't hear me. Hopefully, she's not watching this right now. She likes the Durango enough where I'm thinking that when her car's paid off, she might just want to take over this crazy cool Durango that I have. And then I can make the move on the Hellcat. But that depends on where the podcast is. And, you know, maybe we get another good contract at work or something. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. Um, I'm just... I like the peace of mind of having a warranty a service contract, you know, for for several years and you know a hundred thousand miles basically uh that's a peace of mind is nice to have and the deductible is like a hundred bucks so if something goes wrong if i blow the engine in it and it's not at any fault of mine then uh, i get hooked up but I balling on a budget. I got leather and a sunroof, baby. <laughs> um, that's it for this week's show, guys. I know that uh, when I convert this to a podcast, people are gonna get a little bored with listening to the uh, me respond to the comments. But this is this is the direction the show's going. Um, the podcast. It's funny because it's kind of going from a podcast to a vodcast, which is a video podcast. I know it's kind of confusing, but um, I I enjoy. I enjoy this a little bit more because I enjoy the interaction that I have with you guys. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. All right, last comment. Paul says, Great plan. <laughs> I tried that also, but honey, it's only 12,000 more for a Hellcat. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for joining me, folks, for everything you need to know or want to know about the podcast, please visit TalkingMoparts.com. And if you have any questions, comments, complaints, Mopar stories, or anything else on your Mopar addicted mind, you can reach me by email, chris at TalkingMoparts.com. Or you can send me a voicemail to my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR, and I will play your message on the show. That's it, folks. Um, Catch me at Muscle Cars at the Strip, September 10th and 11th in Las Vegas, and at Beach Bend Raceway Park for Holly's second annual party. the weekend after that. I think it's the 17th. Um, It's going to be crazy, folks. But uh, that's it. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. No Mopar left behind. My name is Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars live. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.